Hey, I'm Shay Z, creative alchemist, music producer and artist, and vocal vixen. Born in Xanadu and living in LA, I'm ready to scratch that itch in your brain. And hey, I'm Mandy, singer, actress, lover, born and raised in LA, here to sprinkle a little magic everywhere I go. All right, and welcome to the Sonic Chronic Chronic. Where we discuss soundtracks and music of the most popular film titles of a year and how they influenced or were influenced by the global and cultural buzz of that year. Who were its popular tastemakers and storytellers, and what was the frequency of that time? Let's figure it out together, Shazy. Let's do it. Let's get our Episode 2, Sonic Chronic, we here. We are here. And what year are we taking on this episode? We are taking on a very special year. Yes. 2010. 2010. And a little fun fact, we chose this year at random, and as we were deep diving into the year, it dawned on me, Shay. This is the year we met! I know, right? 2010 is the year that sparked our friendship. I don't know. I love that. It's I love been a that. Decade plus three. That's so fun for us. <laughs> I know. It's just so I love that for you. I love that for you. I love that for you. No, but actually, yeah, it randomly just popped in my mind 2010 when I was like searching for stuff. And I was like, oh, I noticed that the titles that we're going to pick to talk about, some of them where I was like, were really awesome movies that I was like so excited. Yay. That it was in 2010. And then, Mandy. Yes, Jay-Z. That's when you discovered. I know. <laughs> it was after watching a movie. One of the movies we're reviewing, right? Well, I was actually right? on my way over here, not going to lie. It was just recently oh, that you I just discovered this. Oh, I yes. because you were watching the movie and then you thought of... How old were you then? And blah blah blah. Well, and no, I was in the car and I was driving and mm. I was thinking, all right, we're gonna let's we're gonna deep dive. It's episode two, and I'm like, all right, 2010. Where oh, you was just think I? What, what I was going on in 20. your life? Yeah, and I'm trying yeah. to think of the frequency of that time for me in my right. life. And I'm like, all right, what was I doing? And I'm yeah, like, yeah, what was it for you? Whoa, that was the time when I was like in college, yeah. 20 years old. I couldn't even drink yet. Legally. Dating my ex-drummer. Dating your ex-drummer. That's how we met. And love, darling. Ah. And that's how we met. Yeah, that's how we met. We fortunately we stayed friends. Yay! Yay. I love that. That's it was like a random (laughs) way too, because you know. (laughs) Think about that. I mean that probably was a crazy time for you. Like going to college, not sure what you're trying to do, where do you go next? Like also, also singing, tapping into music. Oh, I was you were doing singing. my covers every Wednesday that. on YouTube, and like right. you were performing like crazy. Oh, Love well, I was, was like, performing. oh no, we had just finished our tour, yeah, mm-hmm. and so we were pretty busy like playing out, yeah. And then I was a major fan girl. Oh, fan. We were a fan of you as our fan girl. <laughs> <laughs> I had a shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Once you got the shirt, you're in. You know it. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. So 2010. And that's like like 12 years back, right? So, okay. So a lot has changed. I mean, my situation too. Yeah. Like not only with my band, it was like all kinds of stuff was happening. I just, maybe a couple years in, had just moved to LA. Yeah. I used to live in New York. And so I was kind of getting adjusted. I also, my good friends and my partner at the time was on a reality TV show being filmed at our house crazy so that was crazy and like you know all that stuff was happening was like so fast and then like culturally things were like that too you know everything was just kind of like all the things you know and like nobody was really kind of paying attention to how does that affect other things it was just almost like everybody was just trying to like do their hustle Mm -hmm. didn't it feel like that 
do, do, do the hustle. And we're back. I wish I could play a little sequel. <laughs> I should program that. But anyway, so yeah, so this is something we didn't do on episode one because we were just kind of like so excited to get our first episode recorded. That- thanks for all your feedback. Yeah, we're thank you so it. much. Thanks for tuning in and rating us. Keep rating. Yes, please, please. <laughs> but we want to keep giving you info that you find interesting. But yeah, so we forgot the main thing is we touched on it a little bit as we talked about each title, but we wanted to kind of maybe remind you all about what was actually happening, what was on the top of everybody's mind, what was the most newsworthy or memorable moment of that year. Mm-hmm. How was that reflected? in or not the titles that people were watching and resonating with in that year and that's kind of like the gist of our show right so yeah so just to kind of recap 2010 crazy year amazing well, year yeah and I mean music I just found music, out music yeah Justin Bieber as you'll see in the titles that we review yes but that was the time where baby dropped baby baby was, oh baby, yeah Justin Bieber oh. best song ever there was so many I mean we Drake go- released his album thank me later uh, yeah, we can do probably a whole bonus episode on like, <laughs> all the like songs the and artists. Songs. Yeah, uh, not attached to movies. Yeah, yeah. But actually, like in terms of just random news, what was happening? Just so you can kind of get a sense of what people were thinking about or dealing with with the planet. You know, like first that was like when the financial crisis, the major financial crisis, was starting to happen um, over in Europe and stuff. And then we had to bail out Greece. Literally, they went bankrupt. It was bad, bad times. Sheesh. Remember, they were talking about like what was happening with the value of the euro. Okay, so there was that. There was a big thing happening with, like, foreclosures and all that stuff in the U.S. It was not great. We were still recovering from 2008 on that. <laughs> there was the Russian spies that the FBI found in the United States. Not that was crazy. Spies. Not the Russian spies. Yikes. I mean, Iceland had a volcanic eruption. It was massive. It what? grounded flights in the region. You know, stuff like that. Okay, Winter Olympics was in Vancouver. Oh, yes. So that was a big thing happening. China launches their second moon probe. That was big kind of to-do that they were getting... St- stuff into space again. Uh, SpaceX actually launched another thing as the Dragon Capsule. I don't know how significant that is, but we were doing a lot of space stuff. <laughs> we were doing a lot of space stuff. Oh. We had Russian suicide bombers. There was a lot of stuff with Russia Russia's and space and Olympics. And volcanoes. <laughs> and then there was an earthquake, a seven point something earthquake in Haiti. Remember that? Ooh, it was so devastating. That. That was very devastating, sad. right? And then oh, Chile dang. also had a devastating 8.8 earthquake that year so we had lots of crazy earthquakes and volcanic eruptions the quakes the affordable care act in the u.s passed hey 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 that was good for us i got on right on top of that and the notorious and a movie they made about this by the way was the bp horizon oil spill disaster remember that it was like an oil rig out in the middle of the ocean it totally exploded and spilled all of this horrible oil into our oceans another cleanup that was covered up It was devastating. It was so bad that they made a movie about it. We got to review that movie soon. (laughs) I don't know when it came out. I forget. Um, We had floods in Pakistan. We had the FIFA World Cup 2010. That was happening. And then a few other things, WikiLeaks stuff. So it's like kind of like beginning of like all that Facebook kind of controversy. Um, And Simon left Idol that year. (gasps) Crazy crazy business. That was a year? That was the year Simon left Idol and you know what else? Oh. Prince William got engaged to Kate Middleton that year. See, pop culture news. Pop Thank culture you. news. I'm, I'm all like yeah. the devastating like news. California girls. Katy Perry launched that that year. That was that year? That was that year. Everything I love, was popping that year. See, I love the, the pop culture that you bring in here. And Sex in the City reminded us to cherish our friends with their second movie. Oh, it's a movie. When they went to Abu Dhabi. I yes. never saw it. What? Did you see the movie? I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> the second one? Yes. <laughs> oh, was it, was it good? It was so good, Shay. What? Wait, it's normally a show, right? 
It's normally a show. Stay. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to break you. Okay. Your shirts are getting... Shay, I need you to watch me. Sex in the City, please. It's Wait, on but is it, it's a show, Max. right? It is stupid. a show. Okay, it's, it's an show. incredible show. But then they show. did a movie, which the movie actually, the first movie I heard was very good. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was very good. I have to But was the second good? Because you know how sometimes they dial it in, they're like, let's make some more money. No, the second one was really good. And they they went to Abu Dhabi, and like, if you watch the show, like, if you follow the characters, then it makes the sense. It makes sense. It's like okay. a huge, huge thing. Like it needed a part, a sequel kind of vibe. Yes, it okay. did. Okay, but one more thing to add: you have all these like lovely, uplifting music <laughs> and end that, and then I'm like, and then there was a bunch of 33 miners were rescued after spending 69 days trapped in a Chilean copper mine. The only reason why I'm mentioning that is another movie was made about that. Oh. 33 miners. We're stuck for 69 days. Oh, my gosh. I, how the heck? In a copper mine. What? How did they survive? And that's why they made a movie about it. Apparently, it's kind of like that. Apparently. I'm, I don't apparently. know. I need a different word than apparently. We'll work on that. <laughs> Supposedly. Supposedly. Oh, that's not bad. And it's supposedly. Not supposedly. You know how people say supposedly? I can't stand. There's so many. I can go down a list. Supposedly, yeah, okay, now you're bringing that up. I get it. Yeah. Then, the other one. Hit me. The other grammatical thing. Oh, did you know that this is a thing, but most people don't know it. But now that I know it, I can't unknow it. Is that if you are going to say, I wish, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, you think you would say, I wish I was. But you're supposed to say, I wish I were. Yeah. You know that. I know that. Okay, okay, so you know that. I wish I were in Jamaica. Okay, you know that. No, I wish I was in Jamaica. Yes. Yes, yes, I know. Oh, but you, you're educated. Okay. <laughs> College degree. Thank you, Susan. <laughs> but actually, I can see how people might miss that because, you know, most people do, like, I wish I was there. Oh, I wish, you know. Okay, and what about this? And you want to say were like, I wish you were. But here's the thing. It's supposed to be, I wish I were. Because usually you think you were. Yeah. The conjugation. But so why does this matter? That one stuck out at me because Sophie B. Hawkins had that song. Damn, I wish I was your lover. I'm like, that is the Damn. wrong. That, yes, I know. That is the wrong grammar. Damn it. Damn. But it's supposed to be, I wish I were your lover. <laughs> anyway, there's some other ones, but I can't think. And they're common. So let's get into it. Okay, so that's the highlights of the year. Those were all the memorable moments happening. And those are all the things that were stirring. Now let's think about the movies, the storytellers that actually made it to the screen yes. to have us experience it and also 2010 I looked into it research as because like the whole vibe of our show is to talk about how the soundtrack and the music the score how that plays a role whether it's a score or whether it's a collection of artists and that's changed through the times as how cinema has used that right mm -hmm. you know how do they pick that how do they score it why do they decide what artist or song to put it's really to kind of like bring out the emotion of a scene is to help to kind of set the tone mm. of what what we're trying to evoke from that visual or that moment like you said in the last episode jason from friday the 13th was walking and you watched this scene where you took you stripped away the the music <sighs> yeah, yeah you know and it's not so scary it it's gives you a different vibe or put on like maybe you put like rom-commy music on top of it <laughs> and then suddenly it, it literally like, will change your whole <laughs> And then you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> but it really does make you feel differently. And that's where there can be a huge miss. Yes. And I'll, I'll talk about that later as we review one of the titles. Music can definitely make or break 
your experience and yeah, the but takeaway. It, but it was also the year that what started becoming well-known is like in the past, if you go farther back in the 90s, let's say, you would actually discover new artists that you hadn't heard of yet. Mm -hmm. That's how you discover them, like Breakfast Club and like mm -hmm. Pretty in Pink and all that stuff, right? Then 2010, it was kind of like the new, and we'll talk about the titles who were the leaders in this, but this was the time that known artists, you know, artists that weren't Up just like, in, yeah, that made their debut and kind of got catapulted yeah. because of the movies. And not only that, they were the reason people went to go see that movie, maybe, because they yes. were like, they already saw the trailer, they saw, heard the music and the, the anticipation. And so it was an interesting dance that movie and music now was doing. Yeah, that was know? definitely a really good time for that, I remember. Yeah. It was I the beginning like lately, of that. it's not as... It's a mix now. I feel like there's a hybrid now. Now it's yeah. like a mix of scoring, actual individual songs, recognizable songs in a movie. Hmm. And it just depends on the movie, what it's trying to do. And I think it now picks artists that kind of embody that emotion when you listen to them. Mm -hmm. I agree. Die. So, so what do we do? We can, now we do have a, we're still doing picking the titles out of the box. Mm. So we can be spontaneous, <laughs> even though we know which... Movies get to be picked, but it's okay. <laughs> but in addition, this episode and going forward, you guys can't see where, you know, obviously you're listening, but we'll tell you what's in front of us. Our desk, quote unquote, mm -hmm. is actually a beautiful keyboard. <gasps> Listen to that. So this is our little, like, you know, instrument that we might, you know, here and there play some stuff on. Who knows? But it's mm -hmm. like our new desk, whatever. It's more fun for us. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we want to get into our titles. And the other thing that we're doing is we're focusing on films fully. Yes. I know last episode we did TV uh, shows, and we realized they're both so much juiciness in both of those categories that we wanted to give, you know, each its proper, you know, focus. So what we'll do is a bonus, like, TV TV show episode yes. where we'll go through and like based on your suggestions we'll pick a year you know that we think or maybe we won't do a year maybe we'll do a decade oh that'll be good jam it in right but anyway so we're gonna focus on films just because we think there's such a beautiful obvious connection of music and film at least I mean for more years let's put it this way I feel like TV shows have started to catch up but back in the day it was more like come on knock on my door I mean that's music what am I talking about it was more theme songy let's do it <laughs> Let's, Let's pick see. a movie out of the box right now. I'm shimmying. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> We've got movie. All right. Am I doing it? You do it, Shay. What's in the box, Shay? What's in the box? Inception. Inception. Ooh. Oh. You know I had not seen Inception until I had to do my homework. And everyone raves about this movie, and and I've been meaning to watch it forever because it's so good, and I hear that it's so good, and it is so good after I watch it. I was it. gonna say, what did you think? I what loved did you think? it. Oh my gosh, I don't know why. You know how like you feel like there there are movies on your list you have to get to, but it you know that it's gonna be a thing. You really have to dedicate time, so you'd rather just not even go there and just watch The Office again five million yeah. times. But finally, I dedicated the time, and my goodness, those two hours and 40 minutes, however long it was. <laughs> it was long. It was worth it. It's a beautiful story. <sighs> you know, I... It's very sad. It is sad, but I, it's sad, but I, okay, that's good. It's interesting that you said that. Before we go into our feelings about it, just want to let everybody know, like, a little bit about the, just, like, fun facts around it, right? Okay, so first of all, this quote, I kind of, I put it in the notes here, and I want to say it. Okay, so it's like, a single idea from a human mind can build cities. 
An idea can transform the world and rewrite all the rules. Okay, so that was a little quote mm. for something he said in the movie. But I thought, honestly, okay, so first of all, this is directed by Christopher Nolan, right, the movie? Yes. And Hans Zimmer yes. scored the film. So now you get a sense of what magnanimous, beautiful, orchestral sound this... And it needed it. This, this movie needed that kind of score, film right? film working together, and they've done six films in total, and they truly... Yeah, The Batman Begins and yeah. The Dark Knight, right? The Dark Knight trilogy, and they did Interstellar, Dunkirk... Yeah, that, that's it. Exactly. <laughs> and if you guys look it up, or if you watch the movie, you'll notice it'll play throughout here and there. It'll come back as this thematic song, and it's called Time. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's it's an iconic chord or sound. Another song that's like, they're kind of like the soundtrack's DNA and the film's DNA is the famous song by Edith Pia. Oh, the, is that right? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. That was the, the thing they played yeah. in order to kick them out of the dream state when yeah. they were trying to come. Oh, my God. Yes, good call. And fun fact about that yes. is uh, the director actually had that that song in mind before Zimmer came on. Okay. So she, he was like, no, we're keeping it because <laughs> it's like very much what he wanted to capture. Nice. Um, so okay, so it was almost like, like in combination with the Hans Zimmer vibe. And I can yeah. see, yeah, that's very different. It's very different. It's very different, but it totally worked. I'm trying to think of any other noteworthy thing. I think they basically, in terms of awards, they were up for nominated for several awards, actually. Academy mm-hmm. Award, a Golden Globe, and a Grammy, and a BAFTA. So it yeah. was actually highly recognized. And also, the trailers with the Zach Hemsey, I guess, he composed the music, that was not on the soundtrack. That happens a lot. They'll use music on a trailer that's not actually on the soundtrack. It's interesting when they do that, because I don't yeah. know what the good use case would be for that because if I'm getting sucked in I hear something like that's part of the reason why I'm like interested and then if I go and I see the movie and I don't see it's like they do this too they put you know trailers out that don't have scenes that are actually made the cut of the movie and I'm like why'd you do that (laughs) you know what I'm saying because like I actually want more of that you just like gave me a taste and now it's like it's like here listen to this song do you like it and I'm like yeah I like it and you're like here's the full song and I'm like this is totally sounds like a different song (laughs) but anyway very great movie it was incredible and Leonardo was phenom obviously but there are a lot of yeah Leonardo da Vinci Tom Hardy did I say da Vinci Leonardo da Vinci was in this guy you made me you made me think of (laughs) 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 she made a comeback made a cameo Tom Hardy DiCaprio but guess yes that's what I was gonna say I totally forgot that now Elliot Page yes Ellen Page was a key player a key character a lead if you will now we're just gonna discuss what we thought about the movie right I the first time I saw it that's right I saw it when it came out Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I was in the theater and the Hans Zimmer thing, like I, I just, I felt like it made sense because I love sci-fi stuff. I love thought provoking, you know, it's kind of like interstellar. It's like stuff that makes you think about dream state stuff has always been really interesting to me. And I was saying like DiCaprio and some other well-known, we were talking about Elliot Page. I, when I watched the first time, I think I was so enamored with the newness and coolness of like all the special effects yeah. and like the sound. It was like this beautiful orchestral, like just really just kind of created this emotional momentum in these scenes. It really is a human story. And it's, you know, DiCaprio being the, the main character here. So I kind of just was like trying to follow it. It was keep up. So I couldn't really focus too much on the story and really mm-hmm. unravel it to see if like I thought it made sense or if there was any holes. Mm-hmm. So for me, 
I had such a like I like loved it I just yeah. was like oh my god it's the greatest and I saw it in the theater and I was like ah you know and I thought the story was interesting the concept what am I getting to is that now that I don't have the newness to be kind of like distracted I'm kind of like oh let me think about the story Mm-hmm. Did this really make sense? So for me, I just thought, wow, I was able to kind of think more about what was going on and then see what the the director was really trying to kind of say or the writer was trying to say about like or what really happened with what, what was really happening, you know, was trained to kind of dream delve in like order to kind of like convincing people that they're not dreaming and planting an idea in their head. Or basically, yeah, they were, well, their initial idea, because that was like the big kind of taboo thing to do, but like the thing that they were known for doing was stealing things, stealing ideas, like stealing the code to a combination lock so they can steal real money Mm -hmm. or like, but without people knowing it. And they also, it's kind of like hackers, they also teach people or well-to-do people or well-known people how to protect themselves because they're like, we know how to crack it, so we're the best security, you know? So they were kind of like dream consciousness security and thieves, you know? That's what was really happening. Hmm. But in there were kind of a rogue group. There's another kind of theory that's happening, and it poses that with, like, the totem. Like, the idea is, like, they had to pick a totem the way when he was kind of training the new character, kind of an architect. Basically, they needed people who were dream architects, right? And then, like, they would basically go in and be able to kind of map it out so that when we, they went in there, they could do the thing they need to do without the person who's dreaming, whose consciousness they're in and mm-hmm. architecting, wouldn't know otherwise, right? And so they needed to do a special job, so they brought in her because mm-hmm. he didn't want to do it. He had this thing with his ex-wife who supposedly passed, and that's the thing. Like, what happened to her? Like, they used to do this together. She supposedly lost herself in when they went too many dreams deep, mm-hmm. and so kind of lost her mind and never left, and she wanted him to stay with her. Yeah, and that's why that's I thought it theory. was so sad without giving too much of it away. But, like, basically how she sh- keeps showing up in Leo's dreams yeah. is just, like, his own projection of guilt. Right. And what he experienced with her and the relationship. Right. And it's very, very sad. It's very sad. Oh, skip back to the totem before I go down that rabbit hole. But the totem is you had to pick an, an object that you could, you know, it's kind of like when you lucid dream. There's a way to know if you're loose, you're dreaming or not. That's how you wake yourself into yeah. a dream state consciously, right? And so a totem could be something like, you know, he picked a spinning top, right? So if you're in a dream, the top never falls. Mm-hmm. You spin it and just keep spinning. And that kind of shows you, oh, you're in a dream still. Because realities and dreams were starting to merge. They were trying to, sometimes you do it too much, you can't tell the difference. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to his wife, supposedly. But then, you know, if the top falls, then it's a, you're, you're in reality. So going back to that thing is like, I'm thinking what they were posing is that he wasn't actually he was doing all this stuff in a dream state he was always in a dream state he never was in reality whoa i thought that he was still dreaming in the end right no he was but that was a question like he thought he was in reality but that's i was saying like remember how they were all like good job you know whatever and that's you know like they all were looking at him remember they said remember when the players look at you that means they they know that the consciousness is becoming whatever there was all this symbolism where it was basically saying like maybe that was a thing she the architect the new architect Mm -hmm. she actually was a therapist probably came in to help him (gasps) go to the light that's a theory I haven't heard before. Yeah, what do you think about that? Oh. Now that you're thinking about it. See, I think, and now that I saw a second time, I think that theory holds better. Well, she was kind of like the main reason he was able to go back and kind of deal with his 
pain and trauma of his wife because yes. she kind of navigated that for yeah, him. Yeah, but notice how weird that was. Like, a regular architect wouldn't care about all that. Right. She got really into his personal Ooh, stuff. Yes, don't you think? And she was always there. Remember, she'd inject herself into a lot of situations where it was, like, normally, like, what, really? Yeah. But he had to believe she was, like, working with him. They mm. all had to, like, make it. I think the theory is, like, he thought he had a team of people because they they were acting. They had to make him believe. That is very good theory. Like I like that? that. But Hans Zimmer okay. and Christopher Nolan yeah. really are a great team in explaining the protagonist and explaining yeah. the story. And just with really the, with the, the emotion of the music, you mean? Yes, yes, with the music. Just creates, like, this great atmosphere yeah well like remember when she first stepped in and she was practicing about like learning how to kind of be in the dream state but not like freak out and then when she started moving yeah messing with the physics of the dream state and so that's that famous scene where like the the street is curling yeah, and the buildings like, are curling <laughs> on top of each other like and then and the sound mm. during that I, don't, I was really paying attention yeah, think was, about it now more you're kind of like being present about what music is playing because like sometimes like i was thinking about that when when a famous song popped on it and just made me feel like more like in this like uppity spirit and i was like yeah dance you know and i was like wow it's so crazy how much it conducts our emotions mm-hmm. during a movie I thought the music in this was great. It was very melancholy and heroic. It was heroic very melancholy. Oh, that's a great word very... for it. Thank you. $10 word. $10 word, yes. It was wonderful. All around. What do we think of this film? Yes, so we got to vote. We got to vote. Okay, so we are going to do... Oh, yeah, we're supposed oh. to think of a cool... We're supposed to think of a, like, okay, a cool thing for a movie. Oh, I didn't do it. Okay, so Inception. Did it blow your mind or did it... Put you to sleep. Oh, girl. Girl. That was good. Okay, here All right, we go. so did it blow your mind or put you to sleep? Our vote is. Blow your mind! mind. <laughs> Blows my mind! It blows my mind! <laughs> it blows my mind! No, it we loved it. definitely blows my mind. Yes, I you think know you mean? can catch it on HBO Max. I had I paid oh, three dollars. I did too. I was like, yo, three ninety nine. Yeah. Wait, Amazon Prime, right? But it's worth every penny. I was like, if they were gonna charge me a regular fourteen and I, you know they've been doing that lately. I'm like, what? I already pay. We have to pay again. That's some scam. That's if a I whole to pay fourteen ninety nine different I own conversation, the movie. right? Not to rent. No, <laughs> you are pissed. <laughs> you are pissed. Oh, that's probably for like the latest releases. Oh, I ain't paying fourteen ninety nine. The newest one, rent, early no access. That is twenty five ninety nine. Do you see those? No. The ones that are like, and those are the ones that are actually out in the theater too. So they're like, oh, you want to watch it, home? You're gonna have to pay high okay, premium price. Okay, that I get. Yeah, but not for no twenty ten movie. I oh no! For that. No, not twenty ten. No, we're gonna go to the red box. <laughs> that's and get my young oh dollar my God, special. Red box. That's so fun. Oh, dollar bag you farther. Blockbuster. What? Dang. Um, you know, there's I'm a blockbuster. Box the days. last blockbuster standing is in. Is it Pennsylvania? No, Oregon. Portland. Oregon. And it's it's an Airbnb as well. Yeah. Oh my God, you heard about they that? They just had okay. a blockbuster pop up bar in Hollywood. Did you see that? <gasps> no, I missed it. It might still be there. Oh, it's still it's still, still, popped. still popped up. <laughs> it's still popped. Okay, <laughs> all right, I'll blow it. All right, okay. so you get the pick. My get the turn. Shake it, shake it, shake it. What is it gonna be? What's what it gonna be? What's it gonna be? The social network. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Social. Oh my God, I'm already on it with my notes. Hey, hey. Okay, as you know, or maybe you don't know, the social network was that movie that came out for the first time, telling the story about how Mark Zuckerberg came up with Facebook supposedly mm-hmm. and really kind of like talking about the controversy around that because I don't think a lot of people knew it like it was just like Facebook was just thriving yeah 
And all of a sudden, all the chips kind of fell down around Mark after this movie because he was in a very big lawsuit with his best friend, one of his, well, I guess his best friend, mm-hmm. and people from, well, basically the idea supposedly started and he started the app in Harvard mm-hmm. where he went, but he had stolen the idea. Didn't steal the code, but stole the idea and kind of was a little shady McGrady. And and basically is a billionaire. And like, so I don't want to give it away again, like I say, but like it was pretty crappy to see how he treated his best friend. But it also kind of gave an insight of him as just a human being, like trying to be trying. Yeah, he just was trying problems. Some of his moves were like treated his ex-girlfriend really crappy because he was just kind of like he came back around after they broke up and was like had done some crappy things to her and blogged about her, said some horrible things about her because he was upset and a little baby. And then he comes up to her and was like, hey, do you see I'm the one who, you know, see the app I built? (laughs) And she's all like, so? (laughs) She was like, I don't care about your app. (laughs) But he thought that he thought that was going to be like he didn't have to apologize or anything. Actually, really interesting story about how he is a genius coder, by the way. But lots of human personality flaws. Yeah, you can read the book, yeah, too. Yeah. It's called oh, The it Accidental Billionaire. It was, this film was based off of that. I didn't know that. Yes, fun oh. little faculty fact. And oh, okay. Justin Timberlake's breakout role Oh, my God. Actor. He played um, Sean Parker, yes. who's Napster dude. Justin Timberlake, Timberlake, he was in it, but he actually didn't contribute to the soundtrack. But let me just say, guess who scored it? And I think is the reason why it got so much traction of people watching it, but also re-watching it or changing about it is that Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross scored this and when I was watching it again remembering that I was like oh my god these different scenes and I could totally tell it was Trent Reznor I was like ah because I'm a super fan I was like some stuff that like for example the party scene remember when they started getting success and they moved into that like headquarters and it was just like this kind of montage moment of him suddenly getting the girls Mm -hmm. and like he was like finally in this life that he was like craving so badly like he was finally (laughs) in this party scene and awesome like Trent Reznor track and it was also juxtaposed against he just totally dissed his best friend like they had a conversation outside and he dissed him hardcore and just walked back into the party Hmm. but it was like this really amazing kind of dark but like danceable music that was Mm. so perfect for that moment so anyway but I was just thinking the tension it created with between the scenes where he was starting to come up and it was innocent stuff and it was exciting too because they were like getting these the best of the best in the coders and Facebook was starting to take shape he did really come up with the idea that was a game changer which was relationship status oh adding that was the game changer from myspace and like what's the difference it's another social network right because that's what i think psychologically friendster and myspace was like strangers you were meeting strangers but the difference in what he realized that he kind of stole this idea is that they were going to create the people he stole from was a harvard connection and basically you would have everybody who was in school up online but it means it's people you know you're familiar with, right? So that had never been done before. And so he thought, oh, let's make a network of friends. Friendster was supposed to be that, but it was really truly because they were already truly knowing each other at schools and universities, why this idea really launched, I think. And then he added that relationship status, which is what now everybody just wants to know. Why do people at colleges go out to parties and they want to know, like, they want to, like, meet people and get into relationships, right? Do you remember when you made your first Facebook account? I I think I kind of do. Wait. Yeah, high school. Wait, no, was it 2008? I thought it was earlier. No, because I remember we, I had a MySpace, and then yeah, MySpace. Facebook was like the new cool thing. I remember when that happened, because I was doing UX design. I was actually at ESPN. Isn't that crazy? <gasps> Ooh. I was in New York. And I remember 
I remember thinking MySpace was starting to get too crazy because at first it was awesome. I love it. And I also had a band and I was using it for bands use it a lot, right? Yeah. But then I was like this whole thing where you can customize it and then all these ads and the moment they started doing that, they kind of sold out to that. Tom, what happened to Tom? Tom! There should be a book about Tom. Where is Tom? Where is Tom? Who's Tom? Is Tom real? (laughs) All right. So who's my first friend? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I started feeling like I didn't want to use it because it was getting too convoluted. And the next thing you know, here comes simple, like, you know, Facebook with his simple profile. And then just like, hey, no music, like, no top eight. Nothing. It was like, <laughs> it was like almost like, you know, when you, it's like the pendulum swinging. Simplicity just feels so refreshing. Yeah. And then you finally kind of swing back to the middle. But that's why I think it was a perfect storm that MySpace overstepped and went crazy with their little stupid ads. And then Facebook had this really simple idea and like was appealing to like people. It's almost like an indirect dating site, if you will, mm-hmm. that psychology. And there was the launch of Facebook. And that was it. That was it. And you know, ironically, a few years later, after it seemed like MySpace was just like the Titanic about to just be under the water. Mm. Remember how Justin Timberlake was part of an investor group that was, was going to buy MySpace? And, and they did to try and reinvigorate it. In fact, MySpace had a record label. <gasps> they did. Yes, remember? Oh my goodness, you're taking me back. I'm taking you back because I remember thinking like, wow, that's interesting. And I was like, are they going to reinvigorate? It didn't happen. They tried. But like, no. Now Facebook's for like your aunties and my mama and It really is only good for like groups and events, I think. And family. And family. I don't go there for the news. I don't go for, uh, yeah. Stay in touch with friends. I like stay in touch with family, really. And then groups, still good for groups. Facebook groups is actually really, the use case is there. That's why it's still, and then I saw some commercials like where they were pushing groups and I was like, see, they know, they know. <laughs> but now here it's meta. Well, anyway, but the movie itself, really interesting, but I feel like, yeah, that's the scoring. I don't know if they got awards for it. They did get an award. They got an Academy Award for Best Writing and Adapted Screenplay. Oh, okay. And then they also got uh, an Academy Award for Best Original Score. Yes! At the 83rd Academy Awards. And the the Ball and Biscuit by the White Stripes, California Uber Alleys, I don't know how to say that, by the Dead Kennedys, and Two Ghosts Eye by Nine Inch Nails. Oh, Baby You're a Rich Man by the Beatles, Like a Bad Girl, Should by the Cramps, and The Sound of Violence by Dennis a lot Hmm. but those were also some songs that actually didn't make the soundtrack but they were on the film of crazy that justin didn't have anything to do with. yeah i was surprised that he didn't contribute but maybe he just wanted to keep it separate but yeah they were really trying to like create this like vibe where they wanted something different than like is it gonna could have gone so cheesy really if you think about it because like the story itself is kind of like a little annoying Kind of like a nerd that, like, you know, found the wave and, like, got really... Sorry, Mark Zuckerberg, but seriously. <laughs> but, no, he was basically just hit a sweet spot, and it just catapulted him so quickly. It was almost like... But, well, like, that's a common story. billionaire. That's what the book is And called, that's the so. thing, but it also ta- it shows having money doesn't mean you're a good character, you, you know? Yeah. And it, it shows, like, how much, in America at least, how much importance and value we put on thinking, like, if you have so much money, you must be something special. But it doesn't mean you can't still be a questionable human being at times. Yeah, yes. I thought the movie was pretty good, so it's shall a great we vote? Movie, yes. So we vote. So do we think this is a um mm, let's think about this. Social network. Is, is it, it hot or not? You know the reference? Oh! <laughs> His first app was actually more like it was called Face Smash, but it was inspired <laughs> by Hot or Not, and he did it with colleagues. And it was actually he did it not elite kind of illegally, <laughs> but anyway, hot or not. Hot or not. 
Hot or not, we say Sizzlin'. Okay, no, yeah, I thought it was hot. I it still held up even after watching it again. Do um, it, but Everybody it's also interesting it. because it's based on facts. So well, that's always yeah, we lived it. It'll be a good yeah. nostalgia for everybody. I always like to watch movies that are actual like history and education because you're always like, oh, I didn't know that. Like mm-hmm. I like learn through the movie sometimes. Okay, so it's my turn to pick. Pick out of the boxes. We do have a new segment we're adding called Second Chance Dance, and that is because. There might be some titles of a year that had amazing soundtracks, had maybe some notable artists or notable music score, but actually weren't in the top 10, 15 popular movies, right? So so we have a couple that we might get to. Hopefully, we will. Hopefully. But just wanted to say, look forward to that segment, because <laughs> then you might discover, oh, I didn't know that's you know how I found out about them or how I came to know them. Black, Black Swan. Swan. I, this was one of my favorite movies when I first saw it. What does a swan sound like? Because <laughs> I want to go, Ca-ca. but that doesn't know. feel right. I think right. swans go, Ca-ca-ca-ca. like they do something like a Ca-ca-ca-ca in their throat. Oh, like a cooing Ca-ca-ca-ca. almost. <laughs> That's like sounds like a chicken or like a what goes cluck cluck chicken. Chickens go cluck cluck. Yeah, it's almost kind of like a chicken. It's almost like a cooing in their neck. We might be totally wrong. We're just making. I think I'm making this up, but who knows? Okay. Well, Black Swan. Okay. First of all, let's get to our notes. Oh, I gotta get to my notes. She rocked it. And um, Mila Kunis is in this. Winona Ryder. Wait, Winona Ryder was where? She's in this. What is she? What play? She used to be the Black Swan until they recast. Remember? And they're like, Wait, that was Winona Ryder. Yes. Why am I having? Beth. That's right. She's the older one that mm-hmm. she's kind of replacing. Oh, oh. And oh, she oh, goes oh. to Natalie like, What did you do to get this role? Thinking that she slept her way to the top, but she didn't. She, she just did. Great at what she was she a goody two shoes. She was all about innocence, and that was like the symbolism in the movie too. Yeah. Okay, so Black Swan, first of all, this was one of my favorites. And I loved looking up the information about the soundtrack and the music because I'm sure you've seen trailers or previews, but this was more like ballet and kind of orchestral. So that was like definitely the soundtrack vibe as well. Yeah. But there's some interesting facts about that is that the film was based on Tchaikovsky's ballet Swan Lake. There was a lot of Very what do you call it parallels, yeah. But but with radical changes to the music. But because of the use of Tchaikovsky's music, the score was deemed ineligible to be entered into the 2010 Academy Awards for Best Original Score. So they couldn't be up for awards because of the closeness to that. Yeah, I didn't. I, that's kind of weird, though, right? That's weird. And the Chemical Brothers, they were actually had a few pieces on it as well, um, but they weren't featured on the official soundtrack. But they were remember the scene in the dance club. Oh yeah, and then. The hot before the hot scene. Before the hot scene. <laughs> she really I, loves the hot scene with I do. Oh my god, are you kidding me? That was like <laughs> iconic. That was like one of the best scenes. It will still remain as one of the. Mila Kunis has always been a, a heartthrob. Is She's that been the a word? heartthrob. I don't know for women. For women? Why not? A hottie with a body. Hottie with a hot body. But heartthrob. This movie, she everyone was like, whoa. Plus, she can dance. Like no. she was like both Natalie and yeah. Mila really. Yeah. Performed this. They really, yeah, both you of know them. There was like a scandal with Natalie's um, double who would like fill in for her because they were trying to say scandal? they were trying to say that Natalie wasn't really dancing all the the whole time. But, okay. But no, it was like she really danced her butt off in this film and yeah. like. But obviously, they both are incredible. But no, her and Mila were really 
giving no, it. No, and that's the thing. Natalie Portman, I've heard, if she has a choice, I think she picks some really good movies. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I first saw her in the, what is it called? No, oh my God, what's that movie? She was you, super young. Oh, I know exactly. It was almost I like know femme, her by her not cut, Fatale. Her shortcut. Yes, yeah. The Professional. Yes. The Professional, which was like kind of a like crazy movie to watch because there's so many emotions around that one. But she was a very excellent young actor at that point. And I think that was one of her bigger moments when she started coming to the scene. I just feel like she, even at that age, she just really, is, she's a really good actor, you she's know? She's incredible. She really embodies the yeah. character. And so. And this film specifically, she like just blew everyone's mind. But how, and that doesn't make sense, right? Because the way I think what was going on, the symbolism of this, that she was a perfectionist, really pushing herself, her, her mentor is pushing herself. She has this new, like, you know, pressure of like, yeah. you know, filling the shoes of Beth. The what's lady her name? Yeah. Like the and, but she basically had not, like, kind of like an untouched, like, lamb in the world. Yeah. She hadn't experienced the dark side of the moon yet, you know, and like mm-hmm. to know how to really, because she ended up getting cast for the black swan, remember? Yes. Instead of the dark swan, I guess, instead of the, the lead swan, right? She's never, like, gone out and drank and had sex and all the things and I think she suddenly was I need to grow up really fast yes yeah, so, so she's such can, a perfectionist yeah. and always in control of her life and every little movement she's done she, she was a little girl and like she really had to learn how to let go because that truly in life when we let go yeah we can really come into who we're meant to be but yeah. it's scary to let go of that control and yes. in this movie we see her do that Yes. And it was great. And it's interesting. There was layers of control, like you just said, like from her dance teacher, from her mother. Her mother. Remember, her mother wouldn't, it was like, it was almost this weird relationship where it was her mother would take care of her, but it was like Keeping only her inside very her young, bubble. Like a little girl. Yes. And there was a lot of little girl moments. Mm-hmm. I think the director did that on purpose. And she did such a good job when she was kind of before she was transforming into this black swan, which mm-hmm. is what I think as the symbolism, like when she looked in the mirror, she would see feather kind of started coming out of her skin. It was yeah. like she was finally looking underneath to reveal the real her. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, when she was like the black swan, but of course she was dancing, everybody else saw a normal ballerina, but she was like feeling herself. She was mm-hmm. like, yes, black swan girl. Yes, girl. And, but it was fully coming. Everything was happening so fast. I feel like it was too much too soon. I mean, she ended up gouging herself thinking she was, but I think she needed to kill that her to be who she was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's the symbolism. She had to do that to kill off the facade. Yeah. To let the real black swan through. It was really, I mean, it is a spoiler. These are, we're allowed to because these are older movies and most people. (laughs) But at the end, though, remember, she does this, she was dancing like just fully in the moment that last fully scene engaged in and, and feeling the, 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 the feathers come off of her arms and she's uh. just suddenly this beautiful and then she ends and she falls back into the scene how she's all back everybody was like oh my god and she's sitting there and she's like bleeding like her whole like <laughs> torso is like she's dying yeah. they fade out to this white scene but she says to the dance teacher who leans over she's like it was perfect and the thing is for her that was worth it yeah. she became who she truly was meant to be and it was like bittersweet and wow, but yeah. she had the best moment of her life. I mean, the thing I guess that, if you're going to go. If you're going to go. But I guess <laughs> her whole life was about that. It was so consuming. Yeah. How could she be anything but that, actually? It had to happen that way. She couldn't see herself. She had been so kind of like in that bubble and so molded that she couldn't even see herself doing anything other than that. And it had right. to be to the, the hilt. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Definitely. And I feel we all struggle with that yeah. and coming into our selves and... She, she really like worked hard. She pushed herself for sure. Yeah. No, I like how you said that about this. It's kind of a shadow self moment 
like that they kind of conveyed in this story of, of Black Swan. I think that's why I resonated. I loved it. Nothing had been like that before. Mm. And a female lead protagonist again. Wasn't it really nice to have like that intensity, but also like it's worth all that just to kind of find yourself. Mm. You know what I mean? It's a beautiful movie. This yeah. got an 8 out of 10 IMDb, 85% Rotten Tomatoes, which hardly ever gets right? that high oh, of yeah. a score. It was like People buzzing that year. This. I saw it in the theater. Yeah. Did you see it the year? I saw it that year. I saw oh, you the did? Theater, yeah. Oh, yeah. You saw, you saw it in the theater? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember her speech. It was just oh, everything. when she got the award? Mm-hmm, for the Academy Award. She is so good. I, I seriously was, was so pregnant, moved. She was pregnant, I believe, when she... Wait, when she, she filmed that? No. Oh, no. Oh, I was like, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what? Wait, how many children does she have? I didn't know she had I don't know. She had I don't baby. Know how many, but when she got the award, I believe she was precos. Oh, good goodness gracious! That just shows you how. Yes, women, goddesses. We are aren't we? goddesses. <laughs> All right. So, okay. what do we think? Black we, Swan. Was it a shining light or a dark night? Oh, I'm good. you're good. <laughs> okay, <laughs> a shining light or a dark night? And we say. Shining night. <laughs> that was I, it's still one of my favorite. It's still in my top. That with the color purple. Yes. And oh, what's the other one? Matrix. Ooh. That's another one of my tops. My first Matrix. Forrest Gump. Shawshank Redemption. Oh, Shawshank Redemption. Yes, I'm a Wong Stephen Fu. King fan. Thank you for everything, Julie Nomar. Yes. <laughs> we have to oh, I can't wait to review that. I can't wait. Okay. So is it my turn or your turn? My your turn. turn. Shake it, shake it, shake it. Let's shake get it. it. Shake it. What's it gonna be? What's it gonna be? Oh, you're gonna love this. Okay. Scott Pilgrim, Pilgrim vs. World. World. That was the other one when I saw we were doing 2010. I was pumped to see that Scott Pilgrim versus the world was in the top. Honestly, at the time, I didn't think it was like charting. Mm. Well, I had never seen it. Right. Because of this podcast, it made me see it. But it's right. like become the romance movie I didn't know I needed. Right? It's so good. And, and that's the thing. Like when I saw it, I was like, people, I, I'm so surprised that they didn't put more budget in promoting this because it was like such a good movie. And anyway, that was during the year. So I, I was surprised to see it, it had charted. Yeah. I didn't know that this was based off of comic books. There's six graphic comic books yes, on this. Yes, thank you. And that is, it kind of influenced how it was shot. How awesome was that? Oh, totally. And it was kind of shot like, it's like a video game too. Yes, it and had it, like overlays like that were just kind of. It kind of reminded moments. me as well from 2022, Everything Everywhere All at Once, how it just would kind of flip. It was like t- hopping, hopping timelines, and it was almost and like hopping like realities and consciousness, and like mm-hmm. yeah, I loved how they were telling the story, and it also reminded me the way they shot it, like Sin City. Remember that vibe? Oh yeah, because it was a kind of a comic. It was Sin City was a little bit more intense, and I loved how they shot that. It wasn't as intense as that, but it had those moments with like the video game, how they interacted, and then like. It had comic visual book. comedy too, yes. and quick camera action, but also like writing on the on screen. Yes, like, like Batman. Game, like, Kapow! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and that was, a, it was a comedic genius for me. I yeah. loved it. Now, here's the thing about this one, which is really cool about why we get to talk about it, is because this movie, the whole storyline was strung together with music. Yeah. In fact, Beck had written or scored most of the music in this movie, Ooh. which was really cool because it was like, again, now artists, well-known artists are scoring and are like, you know, 
performing stuff in movies and like it really gave a distinct because like what's happening is like it's almost like this is my theory about musicals like for example I just saw Alanis Morissette they have the musical around all of her songs yeah like famous songs. it was fantastic right. they created a story she wasn't in it it was just like her music was the soundtrack but think about that when you go to musicals if you're going in with songs that you already love let's say like it's all like Alanis Morissette songs or all mm-hmm. Bjork songs or whatever, you're going to probably love it even more. Yeah. Like the whole show. Yeah. Because you already know the songs. You already love the songs. Versus yes. like, oh, that's kind of a fun, cheesy song. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, we're going to the lockers and she's going to be my friend. Like, that's usually a musical, <laughs> right? <laughs> but it was like, <laughs> I felt kind of felt like that about Mean Girls. Yeah, but like, it was Aww. cute. But it was a little like moments like that where I was like, yeah. Okay. I but anyway, it, so this one, it was the beginning again, more and more of these artists. So who else was in it? So many people. Okay, so the Brie Larson actually sang. The actress Brie Larson she played um, She sang that metric song. Yes, and she you know, was the ex, like the hot ex. The hot ex. Yes. Her version wasn't in the first because they released two soundtracks. Did you know that? Yes. And she didn't make the first cut, but fans were like card yeah, fans hardcore, of this movie. Yeah. They were like Oh my gosh, we want that in there. And so the second release, she was in there. And on the really soundtrack? Cool. On the soundtrack. Her version, yeah. She was sexy awesome <laughs> in the movie. Yeah, she sang Black Sheep, if I recall. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the yeah. yeah the soundtrack includes Beck, Broken Social Scene, Metric, Black Lips, T-Rex, and the Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones. Frank Black and Plumtree. So mm-hmm. those are the main ones known. And, like you said, Brie Larson actually performed that one song. And then... Basically, it was a battle of the band's plot, but it was around, like, the, the main character who was... Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah, And that was actually, in a weird way, it was the first time I really, really saw him as an actor. Mm. Dude, he's so good. But he's so good in it. And I actually kind of found him endearing in this. Like, you know what I mean? He's I don't know what it was. Sweet, but super sweet and Great kind of fun fact cool about that band, Sex Bob-omb, He also played the bass, by the way. Yeah, that's what I was, like, going to oh. say when I was doing research. It's like, Michael mm-hmm. Sarah is actually an incredible musician, and yeah. he's released his own album where he like mastered recorded wait and, I didn't like, know that yes he played bass and sang wait he sings too <laughs> yes, I know he did backup singing in the because in the band the band the main band their band name was Sex bob and they had like you know they were kind of local rock stars yeah and he sang backup during the, the songs in the film but he also yeah, had to like backup, and he actually played down. the bass on the song he had to dumb down his bass playing talent because he needed to seem really? more like garage band yeah more garage band actually incredible which he was and then remember he did that battle against that other dude who was like it was like flea but he it was so crunchy I love that genre though like of music yeah so I was really loving it but like it just worked out they didn't cast people like the you know it wasn't like oh let me cast them because they can sing and they can play music mm-hmm. ironically because you'd think they would because it was so hinged on all that but they actually cast people because they wanted the characters to kind of really sync up with like the story and mm. it just worked out that they were like Brie and like Michael they were actually musicians yeah Mark Weber Allison Phil and Johnny Simmons that were also in the band they mm-hmm. spent several weeks learning how to play together as a band yeah they were called The Clash yeah the band name um yeah, but I thought it was really cool to learn that Michael Sarah actually has an album <laughs> called True That that he recorded. It that is himself. so cool. He plays acoustic and electric guitars, piano, vocals, yeah. keyboard, drums. Anyway, yeah. you can find it on Spotify. Listen That's to it. awesome. It's, it's like I a lo fi instrumental indie folk. Totally his vibe. There, see, I always feel like there's such a connection. There's so many like actors that are 
great musicians and singers and there's vice versa, like musicians that are great actors. You know, it happens all the time. People used to say it was like, oh, this is like, that's an anomaly. But I'm like, I think it happens more than that, than you think. And uh, yeah. hello at the very end, remember? I think the story really was sweet. It was like strung together. It was about this band, this guy, he's in this band and they're doing this battle of the bands and he's like always in these, needs to be in relationships and like is always kind of like was learning coming of age in a weird like digital way. Yeah. And then like at the very end, he realized if the girl that he was trying to kind of win back, he was like, you've earned the power of love. And he pulls the sword out. <laughs> but then the next part was he realized, oh, stop being about the girl. Then he was like, you've earned the power of self-esteem. And, then, like, <laughs> and that was the real win. And so at the end, he was more chill because he was puppy dog, you know, doe-eyed over this girl. And Ramona and, Flowers. Ramona Flowers. But Aubrey Plaza's in this. <gasps> oh, my God. That's the thing I wanted to say to you. I I didn't remember that because I wasn't infatuated with her at that time. And then now I'm infatuated with her. And I'm like, she, of course, played the most perfect role. Yeah, for sure. She was the kind of cashier fangirl of Brie. Mm-hmm. She was a fangirl of Brie, but she was like so rude to all the other people. <laughs> and then with Brie, she was like totally like fangirly. It was great. Oh my god! Remember and she- Karen Culkin too. Macaulay Culkin. <gasps> oh my god! He was like the <laughs> so gay friend. Funny. Oh my god! He was perfect. Oh my god! I so loved great. every time like something would happen to Scott. Like he would already be calling his right? sister to tell him. He's like, "How did you He's do, like, do, that, do that, bro?" That? <laughs> He's like, "You're sleeping. What's You're happening?" Sleeping. So yes, this is this is Scott Pilgrim versus the world if you yeah. haven't heard of it now you have so it's yes. up to you what do you think is this something you might be into what do we feel about it was it a high score oh or a flat note Say, on, bring I it <laughs> i can buy both i think based off of our review we're gonna say it's a if you're looking that for is, a fun, entertaining, a visually immaculate film that gets better every time you watch it, then we recommend you go watch this film. Yes, sex I agree. Bomb. Can't agree more. Yeah, get your sex, sex bomb on. <laughs> sex Do it. Do it. All right. Love it. So let's get to our next one. Is it my turn or yours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it gonna be? What's it gonna be? What's it gonna? What's it gonna be? What's it gonna be? What's it? Despicable me. Oh, you know what? Here's the thing. I was all like, Despicable Me, this was in the top for 2010. And you know what? Despicable Me 2 is actually the one that happy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was in 2013. But here's the thing. Pharrell did... For the first time, because this was the beginning of the franchise, yes. he did score he most scored, of the songs. He had six songs in this, yes. five songs in this that so he So you can hear produced, him. Yeah, you he can tell. Scored. Yeah, oh my gosh. It was so great. This and movie. It made sense because, you know, it had this like little funky, spunky, kadunky vibe to it, you know? It sure and I did. feel like Pharrell has that vibe. You know, he was kind of like, even they even had that famous song that the Minions were dancing to. Uh, it's like a Sly and the Family Stone kind of vibe. It was like... Oh, um, they had a lot of timeless music. Where was it? They should, you should be dancing. That one. Yeah. yeah. Who was that? And they even had the Bee Gees. It was Bee Gees. Wasn't it Bee Gees? Yeah, it was Bee Gees. Sorry, and like they also had Copacabana in this. Yes. <laughs> they just had really fun, timeless music. So basically, Despicable Me is about kind of a villain Gru played by Steve Carell. He wants to hijack the moon. Steve Carell and and 
uh, there was a lot of people in this. Oh yeah. There was like, well, this is for the soundtrack, but Kristen there was Wig. Kristen Wig, um, Russell Brand. He was actually the old scientist dude. Did you know that? Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yes, he did. Play and the then old guess who dude. the vector? Yeah. Guess who that guy was? Who? <laughs> Guess who that guy was? Jason Siegel? Jason Siegel! Oh my gosh! That now is who makes he sense. Is. Yes, okay, yes, I see that now. Yeah. Dude, this movie was so great. It was and cute. It was super it, it cute. It was um, Illumination Entertainment's first project, kind of like, you know, Pixar has. Yes, you know, that's right. This, this movie really, like, change the game. I mean, Minions are like massive brand for them. Yeah, that was the beginning. Yeah, these directors, um, Pierre Coffin and Chris Renaud, they like legit change pop culture with these Minions because they created a Minion language, first of all. It's called Minionese. Oh, um, it's kind of like, yeah, Lord of the Rings where they, the the elves had their own language, actual language. Oh, snap. That's so cool. Yeah. No, they they had a linguist create it. Oh, snap. So wait, Minionese? (laughs) Yes, Minionese. I thought it was literally just gibberish. No. No, but it's so real. It like, uh, has like a French influence on it. Boy, boy, hi. Anyway, and like they, <laughs> they actually voiced a lot of the minions too, the directors. So oh, they did. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Pharrell Williams and Hator Pereira composed. Oh my, but produced by Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. Z i m m e r. Yeah. Hans so and Zimmer. they recorded with a sixty-seven piece ensemble in of the Hollywood Studio Symphony. Oh snap. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. And it was a best original song shortlist for the 83rd Academy Awards. You're right. Despicable Me. It's nominated for Best Despicable World Me Music Despicable Me and, too. yeah. Best World Music Award. Uh, oh. This soundtrack has hip-hop, pop, yes. disco, funk, funk, soul, rhythm soul. and blues, pop rock, dance pop, teen pop. Da- Ooh. Yes. Baby pop, soda pop, <laughs> every kind of pop, baby. <laughs> they got all the pops. All the pops. But you know what? It felt fun. It's I so really, great. honestly, like, it was a touching story. It was the first time there was an anti-hero mm-hmm. that came out of, like, Disney Pixar vibe. Wait, who was the studio again? Gru. No, no, the studio. Oh, the not studio Pixar. was Illumination. Illumination. Yeah. And it was the first time it was like this anti hero kind of trend, putting out these animated movies that really kind of hit the note. And, and which makes sense because it's like, you know, people are complex and like, you know, it's not just this good person, bad person, villain, like hero mm-hmm. thing. And I love that they started exploring the dynamic of complexities of these characters. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. And actually, it was every time a song came on that they would use like a song because like, there was orchestral moments. Like, remember when they were the tension of like him saying yeah, her that's from the, the Hans plane, Zimmer the wing of the magic. plane? Yeah. yeah, and it was like whoa, and it was like it felt like ah. And then as soon as they got into the stage, and that moment of like after the recital, and it was like that song, and it was like gosh, it just suddenly now I'm dancing and I'm having mm-hmm. fun, I'm like smiling. It's so crazy how I can do that. Yes, this movie definitely ties into our Sonic Chronic podcast of how yeah. music truly captivates you and how it changes your perspective on yeah. this film and your just mood. makes you your mood in every which way possible. And it made me like the movie, movie. yeah, more. I, I, and maybe because I'm a Pharrell fan, mm-hmm. I really liked it because there's a lot of I love Pixar stuff. I love those kind of animated movies, and I love to see them for that reason. But sometimes it's like the story is a little, you know, it's for the kids. You know, mm-hmm. it's nice. I can actually connect with it through the music sometimes you know when it doesn't feel like it's being too kiddie you know no, because I mean? it, it's using not kitty music, but grown-up music, like yeah, the Bee Gees, like I mean. we said, and like um, the Beach Boys. Who doesn't like the Bee Gees? Hello. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> 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 Is that Aaron Neville? <laughs> 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 
dance, dance, dance. Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> Brilliant. I was like everywhere all at once. Okay. Anyway, so, Despicable Me. What do we think about Despicable Me? Ooh, oh. minion language. Oh, minion. Oh, and then you see Is it Buggity? Buggity? Or is oh. it Bodeboo? Bodeboo. <laughs> it's definitely a you know some of it um but we yes that Go was super it. cute yeah and actually you know we, we've been kind of missing like saying anything about tying it back to the global whatever but i'm thinking maybe on a general note mm-hmm. i think there was a little bit of tempo happening about like what were we drawn to it was almost like a bit of escapism it was also a bit of finally like looking inward what do you think you know i agree yeah <laughs> and on that <laughs> note all right so what do we have what do we have let's keep going let's keep going keep, keep going, going. Keep you going. turn your turn boogie fever oh we gotta talk about this one the twilight, twilight saga eclipse happened so the Twilight Saga Eclipse. Dang. Okay, Bring so that this is important because again, this I thought was a I remember thinking about oh this gosh. and we were talking about what year we're gonna do, and I was like, oh I can't wait till we do the year that of Twilight, for example, because I mean there was three, what, four movies or three movies? There's a three. total of five movies. Oh, there's five. Okay. But this was the year. Twilight Saga Eclipse the was actually the year, the year of like the battle between werewolf versus vampire. She had to choose between Edward yeah. and Jacob. Yes. And this was the time that actual known artists or upcoming artists, they blew up because of the soundtrack. And it was mm-hmm. a, a whole trend of like getting on a soundtrack now. It was the way to go. Mm. Right. So what, who are we talking about? We're talking about Muse. We're talking about Metric. Cee we're Lo talking Green, about Florence and the Machine. Florence and the Machine the made Black another. Angels. Yeah, appearance on a soundtrack. Well, what was the song for Florence and the Machine? Heavy in Your Arms was the song on this soundtrack. Also, Bat for Lashes was in this. Oh, my God, I love Bat for Lashes. Vampire Weekend. Yeah. Band of Horses. Band of Horses, love them. And, again, it was like the soundtrack was so good that um, it started this trend of people wanting to get submit and be artists that were on these soundtracks because mm-hmm. people were like obsessed and it also it made a difference too about how people were connecting with this movie with this series because again I think that's why it became so popular I think what's her name uh, who plays um Kristen Stewart oh my god Kristen Stewart hello heartthrob <laughs> right yeah I think that was a big thing for you know it was charting putting cinema and films on the map for music and vice versa is like yeah. again this like intertwining was happening. This was also a little personal antidote. Tell us, Shay. <laughs> this was the year that my band, Love Darling at the time, was, you know, really kind of moving and grooving. And we were working with a music supervisor who asked us to submit to be on the soundtrack. I and we that. we were so pumped because we had a song that we decided to finish to submit because they thought it was perfect. And it's called Close to Me. We actually I love did both it. Acoustically and regular, but the, it was the more, you know, regular um, electro version that we submitted. Of course, it didn't make it, it's but it was exciting. Oh, thanks. It was close to me. It's total like Twilight vibes. I thought so, too. Like, literally, they messed up with that I thought that so, song, too, because the lyrics and everything, I it thought it was perfect. So perfect. Because we're, we're up against, like, Muse and, like, <laughs> like, who knows? If we knew somebody, maybe Love Darling would have had a chance. But, you know, it was one of those, 
Go know, listen to Close what to if. Me. Go listen to Close to Me. You can find it on SoundCloud or YouTube. A little plug. A little plug. Okay, so how about the how about the movie? Okay, we the sound obviously that's really cool, and I don't think it was scored. I think they just used they just used artists. For they this just used artists. I mean, they always score. Of course, there's sound design, but like yeah, it was mainly a collection of artists. And maybe was, again, this was more of a trend towards going towards that, mm-hmm. especially for these kind of films. It's like indie films or people call indie films. A lot of those would go with piecing together just really cool songs from different artists. Yep. Rather than scoring, right? Yeah. Twilight, everybody remembers Twilight and where they were at during this whole season. Yeah. (laughs) And my goodness, it was incredible. I read the first book. Yeah. Couldn't put it down. I was flipping through all the pages. Yeah, this this was the third one. So it was just like, like you said, Bella had to choose between, you know, Edward or Jacob, who's it going to be? And team she was, vampire, team werewolf. Yeah, and she Always was also open. This was the first movie where she was being like, okay, I think I'm ready to become a vampire. And she was yes. like trying to like get Edward to consider it. And he's like, no, no, you'll no. never be able to go back. <laughs> you know, but it was like one of those things where she was all like, you know, all brave. Mm. And, but it was still very popular, even though it was like the third. Oh, Yeah. You know, it usually starts to die down. But again, it's like Harry Potter. If it's associated with a book, yeah, then it's like you're going to have people like geeking out for the next one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, oh, Kristen Stewart. Stewart. Why do I keep wanting to say Kristen Wiig? Kristen because Stewart. Kristen Wiig is amazing. She is amazing. <laughs> but and we were just she, was, about her. she was at her heyday there, right? Oh, yeah. Top of She's the She's kind of coming out in the scene. Oh, yes. And, um,. But even more so now, she's like, well, she's now like totally she's like, it. Oh my and the gosh. thing is, she was in this, and it was kind of like got a little pigeonholed, or maybe because it's like, oh, a teenage heartthrob, you know, like oh, a little cheesy. But she actually has since then picked some really interesting roles. roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have some depth, some interesting character. But she's she played Princess she does Diana have a particular Diana. style. Oh, she did. That's right. She was incredible. I still haven't that. seen it. it was so, so you saw so it? Good. Yeah, very, very. good. I have it in my queue. On Netflix. But remember this time, 2010, her and Robert Pattinson? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. They were dating, and everyone was just following yes. their love story, and they was just like... Oh, people love that. couldn't stop That's like them. Mr. and Mrs. Smith with Angelina oh, Jolie and, and Brad, uh, yeah. Brad Pitt. It's always like this juiciness where, are they doing that for promotion? Like, right. is it real? <laughs> you know, it's such a good way to get people to be like, I gotta see the movie, you know? I remember when but, they won Best Kiss on MTV Awards, and everyone they? was like, oh my gosh, that kiss Wait, moment, kind of like the, the notebook. Mo- um, oh, from in the movie. In the movie, oh, yeah, okay. and they, they had to go and reenact it. And it was just so <laughs> like, awkward, but it was cute. Everybody loved them. So anyway, I think we know. Well, I don't know. Let's vote. Actually, you know, I had a re- I couldn't remember because they kind of blend together, so I had to rewatch it because it's been a minute, right? Okay, so Vampire and Werewolf. Oh, are we making those? Yeah! <laughs> we both like Vampire and Werewolf. Okay, so is it Vampire? Oh, okay. Is it Does a- it have fangs or claws? does it need to hide from the moon? <laughs> <laughs> is it Vox the Sun or Oh Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and maybe that means they're both good, right? Okay, so yeah, let's let's vote it that way because that almost just tells us: Are we team vampire or are we team werewolf? All right, okay. and the answer is Vampire Blood. Even though they don't sound anything uh, like ooh, that. I also kind of had a moment where I almost went team werewolf. Oh my but. gosh! Fun fact about me. Oh, okay. With vampires. Oh, what? Ready for this? Oh. I was always so afraid of vampires growing up as a little kid because Why? of Interview with a Vampire. Remember that movie? That was an amazing Brad movie. Brad Pitt and 
Tom and Tom Cruise. Cruise. We're going to do that one later on. Uh, that was yes, a good movie. That movie scared the bejesus out of me. The bejesus out of me. <laughs> the bejesus and the bejesus. And. And the minionese. And the minionese out of me. But after watching Twilight, I'm like, oh, I'm not afraid of vampires anymore. They kind of cool. Right? It's because yeah. they put that music over. They switched it. And it was like, doo-dee-doo-dee-boo-boo-dee-boo-boo. Boo, boo. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, I'm not afraid of vampires. But as a little no. kid, I always thought, like, oh, my gosh, a vampire is going to seduce me and, like, is that then going to kill me and eat like, my Like, you thought my, maybe my at a bed. party, like, yeah, a vampire like, might so find you? Yeah, a vampire is going to find me or it's going to be seduce living you. in my room under my closet or something. And it's going to, like, seduce me and then kill me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no. That's intense. Interview with a vampire really freaked me out. But, you know um, what? That... I could see, but I maybe I was a little older to watch Lestat. that night. But you know what scared me? It was also a vampire, but like freaked me out. Salem's Lot. I've never seen that. By Stephen King. Oh gosh, say no, say less. Say less. <laughs> no, that one actually. The book was really scary, but they actually did a good job. It was kind of like not as well known uh, as one of the movies. Like Misery was obviously in The Shining, <gasps> blah blah blah. Ooh. Even Shawshank Redemption, you know that was Stephen King. Yeah. Yeah. Misery um, is so good. So good. They did such a good job because I read all we the books. We should just do a Stephen King. Episode. I would. I'm a Stephen King fan. I read the books. <laughs> I'm like ah. But um. But no. But the the actual um movie. Freaking scared! It was the first time I like I would never get scared it's like that. Freaking scared! Freaking scared. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's how I felt. Freaking. <laughs> it scared me a lot. That is beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. I was trying to find an organ. Da, 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 da. But no, yeah. So it was it was one of those things where because vampires went out and they. Sparkled. They were mm. making vampirism and werewolfism seem sexy and trendy. You know, don't you think Twilight did that? Oh my gosh! Speaking of vampires, it wasn't scary sparkling. anymore. It was like did I'm you, a vampire. I'm werewolf. Did you watch what we do in the shadows? Yes. Oh my gosh! So funny. <laughs> I love what's his name. He's the New Zealand. He's from the Flight of the Concords. The, t- um, the duo, the comedy duo. Yes. What is his name in the in the in the show? I don't know. They're so good. Anyway, but he's he's so funny. funny. Yeah. That does it. They kind of it was a hint. It was a definite homage to Interview with a Vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Guillermo, right. this is boring to me. <laughs> what are you me. doing, Guillermo? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you have to pick. Yes, I have to pick. We're at the end. Okay, you pick. Don't okay, look. Okay, I want to do it. Yeah, I can't. See. You can look. <laughs> Okay. Now it makes Yay. sense. Okay, so burlesque. We're thinking about soundtracks and like memorable artists. This is why burlesque ended up in our second chance to dance segment because it actually kind of got panned <laughs> in the theaters. Even though it had an all-star cast, and even though it starred lovely Christina Aguilera. And Mother and Cher. Mother Cher, Mother right. to us all. Yeah. <laughs> My Diva everything. and awesomeness Cher. Cher. So it was actually like, I think we had, I mean, in terms of the soundtrack and the music score, it actually got some really great recognition. Oh, it did for sure. Yeah. It got a Grammy uh, nomination, two of them, Best Song Written Specifically for a Motion Picture. Um, yes. By Diane Warren. You haven't seen the last of me. The show. Yes. Okay. Oh my God, that was a good share. They won a like Golden Globe. Oh, thank you. And they won a uh, Golden Globe for that. And Bound to You, also by Christina Aguilera. That was nominated as well. 
uh, your nomination. Oh, snap. In the same category. Yes. And, um, yeah. Best Compilation Soundtrack. For Visual Media, that's right. There are 10 songs on this album where Christine, well, there's 10 songs in total. Um, Cher sings two of them, and Christina sings the others. And it's great. It's a wonderful soundtrack. The movie is incredible. Christina killed it as um, an actress. Christina, she actually did a good job acting. It was just a great highlight of how fantastic her voice is. Yes. I mean, just undeniable. Even though the story was pretty cliche, I have to say. It was pretty Small cliche. Town girl leaves her it life was behind. literally like showgirls. Like version 2.0, but way better. <laughs> but it was kind of like, yeah, it was very cliche. The story set up the guy who is the friend, but turns out to be the one, the love, you yeah. know, always in front of her all along. Supporting. It's predictable for sure. Very predictable. But, but she performed all of her songs, all the songs in there, mm-hmm. really singing. And she's dancing and her dancing. butt off in this. And because of that, for me, yeah, Fosse, that made it worthwhile. It actually kind of saved the day a little bit with oh, the, yes. the fact that the story was so cliche. And just Cher playing, you know. Um, her matron and just like big mama for the for the club. She's yeah, she was the club owner club and owner. also I guess ex kind of cabaret star mm-hmm. or burlesque star. It had a very cabaret burlesque vibe, very Chicago jazz mm-hmm. kind of score. Yes, and and then of course there were singles like they actually had um, Express, Show Me How You Burlesque. And by Christina Aguilera were actually singles from this movie, mm. promotional singles. And you haven't seen the last of me, the one you just you sang. You haven't seen the last of me. <laughs> That's so good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but that was also another promotional single. It actually was. Yeah, I just felt like I couldn't believe. It. I was like, I never thought I'd see somebody upstage, not upstage, but kind of upstage. Cher. Oh was, no no was no. Was Christina? Those Cher is still fabulous. Words. Okay. But I'm just saying. You're right. She did one. Wonderful job. What a dream role for her. You know, Cher is one of her idols as well. Oh, they, I heard. being in a movie with Cher. That's my dream. I want to play Cher. I want to play Cher. Stanley Tucci was her right hand guy. He played Sean in this. Yes, yes, and and I could tell, you know, he was kind of fangirling over Cher. Oh my god! You gosh. can tell everybody all the was. I'm probably like, I'm so hard acting with not. Cher right now. I'm with Cher. I'm Cher. Cher is a Golden Globe winner, Academy yeah, Award winner. Yeah, she is. She's done it all. Goddess. She's been goddess a queen in every freaking decade. Honestly, Kristen Bell looks amazing. Too. And Kristen Bell is like singing and dancing. Oh my gosh! And sexy mama, dude. We. Not that we and forget also, how incredible she is, but sorry, she's Kristen Bell sang in um, Frozen. She's uh, the she lady. actually is a good singer. She was uh, also singing in the the Good Place. Did you see that show? That was a really good show. I've been meaning to watch that show. Oh, Everybody love it. There's like five seasons. Oh, is really? five seasons? I love her. Very talented. Uh, yeah, singer and Very dancer. Singer. And the other. Actress Julianne I Hugh. Yes, and she's from Rock of Ages, of mm. course, because she can sing and dance. And she also was Heroes way, way back. Was that her? Um, no, maybe not. Not sure. Maybe I'm thinking Rock of Ages. Wrong actor, but <laughs> she was in it, and like there was actually a great cast. It was surprisingly a good amount of people well known, and that's why it was kind of a bummer that it didn't do better. But I think that's why. So weird. Thirty-seven percent right? on Rotten Tomatoes and a six point four out of ten on IMDb. Yeah. What? I think it's because Strange. the story was too cliche. It's almost like 2010. Come on, even 2010 was like that's cliche. I guess you know so. But oh, no, if you're... you're a fan of musicals, and if yeah. you Love a little Bob Fosse cabaret Chicago action. 
watch it. It was very cabaret meets chorus line. Mm. And what's the one with the other musical movie with um, famous lead guy and lead woman? What else do you see in your head? Pink and Christina Aguilera were in that one, too. Moulin Rouge! Moulin Rouge! Oh, my goodness! Yes, Yes. that. So that gave me that energy a little bit. Totally. Wasn't as, like, fantastic, but yeah. So what are we feeling about that? And and, uh, we hope that, like, you know, we're, if you missed it because it really wasn't, your know. jam at the time. And it wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't charting. It wasn't probably promoted or well known. But th- if you want to, if you love Christina and Cher, oh if that's enough and to watch Stanley the movie. Tucci's. And Stanley Tucci, he's always good. <laughs> and everything he's he does, always good. He touches is gold. Yes, yes. All right, so what do, what do we say the rating is on this one? Burlesque. Is it a jazz hands or is it a. <laughs> I like jazz hands. Okay, help is me, help me, help me. Is it a jazz hands or is it a stub toe? Oh, wait a oh, come oh, back. Good, come back, girl. Come back, girl. <laughs> That's right. I got you. I got you. <laughs> All right, so is it a jazz hands or is it a stub toe? And we say jazz, jazz hands. hands. I'm going to give it jazz hands. For those of you guys can't see us, we are doing jazz Jazzy hands. Jazzy jazz hands around our microphone. But, you know, I would have said if it was uh, seriously, she saved the day for me, Christina's voice. Otherwise, I would have given it a stub toe. But she, oh, oh gosh. <laughs> <I guess you're laughs> okay. All right. So. Beautiful. Oh, yes. The dog days are over. Uh, the dog days are gone. Yeah. Sonic Chronic. That's us. That's us. We're Soundcrack. Well, that's. If you made it this far. <laughs> if you made it this far, you're crazy. Like <laughs> you're us. Crazy. It's crazy. 2010. That was a fun year to review. Fun year. Can't believe we went through all that. And so, as we ask every episode, what do you think? What do you, you agree? Do you, do you disagree? Do you want us to review a specific year? Let us know. Please or a title. Just say rate title. We'll this find episode the year. on Spotify. Yes. Give us some stars. Yeah, definitely get, leave us some comments. Um, let us we're know. We're working our way up on the charts, the Spotify yeah. charts. You're helping our algorithm, apparently. No. Yeah. <laughs> but we do. We don't we want to hear from you. So, yeah, let us know. Did we miss anything? Is there a title that you'd like us to review? doesn't matter what the year is. We'll we'll figure it out. But we want to know what you're interested in. And also, we want to know what you thought about our, our comments. Yeah, let us know. Um, and also, just how you feel about, like, you know, the soundtrack and the music score and, like, global events and all, any kind of commentary there. We love to hear from you all to see what you think about that and, and how that relates. And, yeah. And, yeah. That's it. Let's wrap it up, baby, baby. Yeah, definitely follow us on the Sonic Chronic at Instagram, right? Yeah. And we're on Spotify. We're on Apple Music. We're on Google Podcasts. Podbean. You can leave us comments. And thesonicchronic.com. Right now it's going to our Podbean page, but it will be official where you can see a bit more information about the show. You can leave us comments and interact with us a bit more. And yeah. And you'll know about the next episode coming up. And we do this monthly soon when yeah. we after we put this one out <laughs> but um it will be another one where we deep dive in a particular year mm-hmm. so with that said thanks for tuning in this was the frequency of oh, that time, time. <laughs> <laughs>